0: Welcome to Built in Texas, y'all. Your bite-sized weekly introduction to the women leaders of Texas. My name is Jasmine. I am your host. And this week, we are wrapping up the month of February with a very special guest, Christina Brooks, Chief Equity Officer for the City of Fort Worth. Christina joins us to talk about being the first, but not the last, why now is the time for fearless, brilliant leadership, and also why Fort Worth, the city is popping, y'all. Enjoy the show. welcome to built-in Texas Christina I'm so excited to have you on how are you happy Monday
1: I know happy Monday it is uh this has been probably the coldest no, one of the coldest mornings um yeah you you just don't know what to wear because uh but it's it's sunny and that's great Yes. Um, so it, it warms up throughout the day but this morning was a little chilly a little chilly and it tricks you, too, because you see that sun, and you're like, okay, it's
0: okay. And the door opens and gives you reality real quick, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. They're like, oh, you're in North Texas. Yeah, North, North Texas. Yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, we're so
0: excited to have you on. I've been following your journey since you you came over to Fort Worth um, as the first chief equity and diversity officer. I'm sure I flipped that name around, but I've seen everything you've been doing. It's been exciting, explosive, game changing. And so was thrilled to have you on the yeah. show. Our our mission with this every week is to provide a bite-sized introduction to women shaping what we call the new Texas. So the new Texas is a represent is a, a combination of our history, right? Cause we can't mm-hmm. escape our history and our culture here, but it's also what's next. And so, uh thrilled to introduce all the good things you're doing in Fort Worth. Before we kind of get into your sto- story and journey, we have a very critical, important question that we always like to answer. Uh, ask our guests, um, mm-hmm. and it's important that you're truthful and honest about this question, Christina. Okay. Uh, sushi or Tex-Mex?
1: Ooh, Tex-Mex. Okay. tex Okay. Do you have a yes. favorite thing? Oh, good God. <laughs> um, faj- steak tacos... Ooh. Um, uh, with cilantro and onions. Oh, yes. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classical mm, kind of. Girl. I don't like. Don't give me the uh, Americanized version of a taco. Mm-hmm. You like the simple, classic ingredients. I like simple, classic ingredients, and just where you can actually taste the mm. the meat, mm-hmm. the cilantro, the onions have a little bite. Ooh, uh, I feel that. That's it. That's it right there.
0: Yeah. You went. You went to a place. I felt you. I did. I mean, yes. did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went there with you too because I can picture a taco right now. Which is yes, yeah. those onions. Mm, that's so good. That's, I, I'm a Tex Mex. I like both, but Tex Mex all the way. That's actually why I'm having a workout now. Quite honestly, because me and Tex Mex. We did the thing in 2021,
1: Woo. right? Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Forget well, the freshman fifteen. It's the pandemic thirty. You know what? I've been telling people I gained fifteen pounds.
0: You're right. It was uh, thirty. <laughs> just keep it. Just keep it a real. That's all. That's all. We are. We, we are. We are.
1: <laughs> well,
0: instead of reading a long bio every week, because this, as I said, this is a by size introduction. Would love for you to share and tell us where you're from originally.
1: Yeah, so I uh, hail from San Antonio, Texas, and um, I'm the youngest of eight uh, brothers and sisters, big Catholic family, and um, left uh, Texas to go to college and, um, uh, you know, went to uh, University of Notre Dame, met my best friend, who I actually happened to marry, and we now have five kids together. Uh, and and so just um, uh, an interesting life journey that, you know, along the way, um, kind of the central thread has always been working with um, underrepresented uh, or underserved populations in every uh, position that I've had, both volunteer and paid, and um, And uh, every experience has really brought me to this place um, here in Fort Worth, coming back to Texas um, from Indiana. And this being my second stint in um, public service and municipal government in particular. And so, um, and uh, the last, I guess, uh, three positions that I've held have all been inaugural position. So I was the first one to hold the position. And in in all of those instances really had the responsibility of listening to people in the community and then building um, the position around what the needs of the community uh, are. Um, And in addition to kind of balancing, uh, you know, either the organizational administration, what their, what their expectations and needs are, um, from, um, from within organizations. And so I am, uh, thrilled to be back home, um, in Texas. I got, I, we were, you know, for 17 years, uh, in Northern, Northern Indiana without any family, you know, living in close proximity. So it's great now. Um, Because my sister lives, uh, you know, a couple of blocks away from me. uh, And my brother, like we, I just get together with family. And that's so important because, um, you know, our youngest uh, daughter um, in Indiana didn't have anybody, any family members her age around. And so now that we're here, she's got a whole posse of cousins (laughs) that she's able to grow up with. So it's just been great. It's just been great.
0: Well, I love that story, too, because I think you really represent what what is part of this kind of new Texas. So you're a homegirl, so you're from here, yes. but you're also bringing back some flavor experiences oh, and yeah. moments from Indiana, too. So that's kind of what we've observed and what I've observed, too, is that that's kind of what's happening in Texas right now is that you've got this convergence of just different cultures and experiences, which is what keeps me super excited. What's the biggest differences? I think I can probably guess some of these, but you might surprise us. What are some of the biggest differences between South Bend and Fort Worth?
1: You know, it might surprise you, but there's not a whole lot of difference. Um, You know, Fort, Fort Worth is a city of about a million, nearly a million residents um, and South Bend was, you know, a little over a hundred thousand. Um, but one of the things that is eerily the same is the same challenges exist, whether you're coming from a a small to mid-sized city or whether you're living in a place like Fort Worth. I think one of the greatest, um, differences, if I had to put my finger on one, is really access to, um diversity and uh you know whether that's cultural diversity and south bend is a little different like I I can't really say that um honestly because it's a college town and so Notre Dame brought people from around the world uh to live in Fort Worth. So there was there was some diversity there, but not on this scale, right? Where you have um Huge pockets of uh, kind of this influx of people from all over the country um, with different backgrounds and upbringings and socioeconomic um, um, uh, backgrounds. So it, it's, but not that much different. Like we, we I hear the same stories um, about need hear the same stories about, um, uh, access, the same stories about, um, you know, the joys of success when you start a business and it actually takes off and the people in the community really get behind you. And, um, and unfortunately kind of the same, um, pain that's there with longstanding, um, challenges across race and age and gender and uh, sexuality, sexual orientation. And um, those are, you know, people, doesn't matter where you are, um, the same level of pain and hurt and trauma exists all over the United States.
0: Totally agree. And I think it's the thing that I think that, that commonality uh, of pain and, and experience, a shared experience in the good and the bad, um, right? we really all got to feel that and witness that I think during the quarantine and pandemic, because we really were having this finally, although a yeah. lot of us have had these shared experiences, but I think it was finally very visible that there's ev- there's people suffering everywhere too. Um, I'm curious, so you you said that you've had several inaugural positions, so this isn't anything new to you, but. <laughs> For us, um, and for me as a woman leader here, it's always exciting and thrilling to see a, a, a woman um, be promoted or um, named for a prominent position, specifically inaugural, because I always mm-hmm. was first but not the last. So for a lot yeah. of us here, Christina, when the announcement came out, we were very thrilled um, and excited to follow your journey. So I'd love to hear, and I, I think I did butcher the title earlier. Maybe not, but you are the first Fort Worth's first Chief Equity Officer and Director Director of Diversity and Inclusion. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you um, tell us what did that mean to you personally, professionally? Although you've had several inaugural positions, Fort Worth, this is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. Tell us what did that mean for you professionally, and what did it mean for you personally?
1: Yeah, I'll start with personally first, like you feel the weight of the ancestors, right? You feel the weight of like all the sacrifice, all of the, everything that they had to navigate um, that allowed me to sit in this chair, in this office, in this space today. And so I don't take that lightly. Right. Like I I know that there are so many people that um, are counting on me to have their voice in a meeting that they can't be in or to speak up for them in regards to a policy or, uh, you know, funding allocation or, um, you know, whatever it may be. I definitely feel the weight of that every day. Um, And you know professionally it's just uh, because you know you had the you had the me too movement all of these things have happened in the past uh you know three three years or so um and so you see women uh really stepping into their own agency right owning their voice and not being afraid to use it um I always tell my kids, like, use your superpowers for good. (laughs) Like, you don't want to be the villain. You want to be able to use your superpowers for good. So um, for me, you know, professionally, that means, uh, again, understanding the responsibility that comes with being the first in a position. You want to make sure that you're doing everything. And I think uh, 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 Vice President um, Harris said this you better do a good job so that you're not the last, right? Yeah. Or that there's not a this long stretch of time before they ever appoint anybody like you. And so I make it my business um, to make sure that I am developing other women um, while I'm in this position, right? Like I, I never wanna be afraid to share what I know. <laughs> <laughs> and to hoard information because I, oh, I want to, I don't want everybody to know what you got you have to share it because tomorrow is not promised. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want to, you know, um leave a position um with things not done, with things not said, and certainly don't want to leave without preparing the next iteration of your position um empty. Like you, you have to fill, fill that cup. And you have to do it every day and be intentional about that. So, um, I—that's one of the things that I try to do professionally. Like I'm, uh, you know, there's, there's always an an eye uh, to keep yourself open, um, but the most important thing that you can do is pour back into other women who are aspiring to be um, where you are, and kind of being intentional about those conversations, but leading by modeling it you know um, in, in the way that you carry yourself in meetings in the way that you engage with people in the community um, you want to leave people with a good taste in their mouth so that they're like hmm we've been missing a lot like <laughs> we need more <laughs> women at the table um, because we have you know the things that we see, and do on a daily basis are so broad and, and um, uh, deep that when we bring those experiences to conversations around the table, like it exposes leadership and decision makers to things that they never considered before, right? They didn't, it wasn't even like, they didn't even know that they had to think about those things but we bring millions of voices to the table every time that we sit there, but we have to speak, right? Don't sit there and be quiet. Like if you're at the table, don't waste time figuring out, well, should I be here? You're there. (laughs) Open your mouth and speak. Okay. Worry about that later. That's right. Speak Now worry about that later. That's That's so true.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You gave me some chills because, and so I definitely want to get into, um, you've had some exciting news recently about everything that's happening there with CDFI. Um, I want to get into that, but I think one of our goals with this this podcast every week is to to provide introductions of and show a different light of the women actually here. Sometimes mm-hmm. sex is what's portrayed or what people's perception is not always um, incongruent to what's ha- happening here. So that's one of our missions, but the other mission is to provide leadership nuggets and strategy and advice just to help navigate. So mm-hmm. I think you touched on a couple of points that I want to make sure that we leave the ladies tuned in specifically those younger ladies, but I'm going to say the older ladies too, because we're still trying to figure stuff out too. So I tell
1: people this all the time because the first thing that people say is like, um, they differentiate like millennials and, and Gen Zers and, you know, they characterize that whole population one way. And and then they immediately leap over Gen Xers and go straight to Baby Boomers, like we didn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, I'm here. When I am a Gen Xer, now granted, I'm on the cusp. You know, i I like to characterize myself as being a Gen Xer with Millennial tendencies. Okay, all right. And so I'm, but I'm, but I'm there, and and people just always forget. About Gen X generation, like we we're quiet, like we we don't you know, we are the bridge between the baby boomers and the millennials. Right. Right. This eight where everything has to be on social media, Mm -hmm. Um, you got to self promote and then baby boomers are like, don't say anything, (laughs) sit back, keep your mouth shut and wait your turn. And Gen Xers are in the middle, like you see the benefit, the pros and the cons of both mentalities. And I think we're the only generation that kind of tries to marry them, right? Like that we try to be that healthy balance between knowing when to speak and when to be quiet, what battle to fight and, you know, way to win the war, you know, and then promote things that need promotion. But actually, huh? not everything needs to be promoted. Not everything needs to be promoted. Like everybody doesn't need to know what you have for breakfast this morning every day. Like <laughs> maybe not not important, but, um, you know, I, I think that uh, generationally you see those differences, but you got to find a balance between the two and look for opportunities to bring them together because both of them have such rich experiences that are so necessary for right now. Like you, you need to understand the history so that you don't repeat it, but you also need to do things differently so that you don't repeat it. Right. You need to strike out in a completely different, um, on a completely different path. That's never been charted before. Be fearless. You know, take risks. Um, But listen to when people say like, hey, uh, there are potholes. I've seen this before. I may not have been on this road, but the conditions look very similar. Uh, So watch your step. Listen. Listen when people tell you, um, you know, when when our our baby boomers are trying to uh, speak to us. Um, But then also listen to listen to our millennials when they're just like, you know what? Just do it. Just yeah. get it done.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. You know, and for the women tuned in, and we have maybe a couple guys, two or three, maybe that's. <laughs> 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 but this idea of speaking up, being fearless, um, is something that I can't reiterate enough because even we work so hard to get a seat at that table and we get there some of us get kind of scared or quiet. And so I love that you reinforce that, but I always like to, our, our focus in our community are all Texas women that live, work and do business here, but I can't, I can't ignore the fact that I, I'm a Texan. I'm a female founder, I'm a woman in business, but I'm also, but first and foremost, a black woman. And so mm-hmm. our, I'd love to talk to you. Maybe you give some nuggets. I think the advice you shared is for all women, for sure. But you shared something early and it reminded me of something my mom used to tell me because the pressure. I went to SMU um, on a scholarship and she literally shared that, you know, you people are watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to yeah. be, make sure you you need to do a good job. And I think a lot of Black women, a lot of a lot of Black women leaders have that in the back of their ear. So I'd love for you to share some advice or strategies or perspective for our Black women leaders that are tuned in. I, I always, sometimes when we talk about Diversity, or mm. we say women of color, we kind of have these groups, and I think sometimes it's important to be very specific too. And, and black the, women, uh, yes, and say <laughs> for those black women that are leading, so you have perspective, thought, words of advice mm. for, for those ladies listening.
1: Yeah, uh, you're like, We own, need another hour, huh? Yes, girl, <laughs> um, own your brilliance, mm. you know. A a few years back when that hashtag Black Girl Magic came out and everybody was like jumping on that, like, oh, anytime you saw a black female do something wonderful or amazing, it was always this hashtag Black Girl Magic. It's not magic. That is hard work. Right? We put in time. And mm-hmm. energy, we pour everything into what we do. So when your moment comes, girl, step into it with all confidence, your head up, because you have, as Ayanla Van Zant would say, you have done the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? You yeah. have done the work yes. to be there. Mm-hmm. You have done the work to be there. And so... Just own your brilliance and don't be afraid of it, right? Don't ever feel like you have to shrink to make someone else feel tall. Hmm. Be as tall as you were created to be. Every experience that you have ever had in your life has made you who you are and brought you to that moment don't deny it. Don't forget it. Don't try to hide it. It it was there for a reason. I thought, you know, my uh, whole life leading up to this, to these positions that I've had in, in recent more recent years, when I would go through something really traumatic or uh, um, tragic, I would, you know, like, I would have these conversations with God like, why are you doing? Why are you picking on me? Like, why is it? This is not even statistically possible for all of these things to happen to one person in one lifetime. That was my thought in the moment, and it wasn't until I started this uh, stint, this tenure in public service, that I started to understand like the benefit of going through all of those things because now when i meet with somebody in the community that's been homeless or on welfare or has a son locked up or you name it whatever it is i can sit there and be like i got you i know exactly how you're feeling right now
0: yes
1: and that makes to me that makes me a better leader a better voice at the table because I can speak with authenticity about it. It's not an article I read or a book or a class or a webinar I took. I know this because I lived this, right? I lived it and I came through it. So not only can I speak with authenticity about an experience, I can also help shape policy around how to make sure that We're not doing it in a way that leaves people out and doesn't, you know, it doesn't address some of the issues that um, need to be addressed. Um, It just makes you more empathetic. Uh, But for Black women out there, um, don't, do not hide your past in a suitcase thinking that nobody, well, if people know, then they won't want, you went through that so that other people would know that they can make it too. Mm -hmm. So if you're hiding that, there's some, there is another black woman, black little girl out there thinking that she doesn't deserve to live another day because this. Mm. And when you take the time to share, I did that and look where I am. You will come through this. So being um, open to sharing, uh, you know, within reason, (laughs) we want to know everything, but uh, being open to sharing uh, your story, your life um, in a way that sets somebody else free. Young Y'all didn't super. know
0: Christina was a preacher too, did you?
1: you know
0: that? Goosebumps. Woo. Oh my gosh, just kills because I, we all have gone through such times, and and just frankly, last year or two has just been very challenging for so many of us. I personally, it's just been very hard. So I think it's so it, it's so inspiring. It's something that it gives a bright light to say that all that you're going through is for a reason, and that mm-hmm. it just makes you just a, a better leader with more empathy. And I. I think it's a perfect segue to, to talk about some of the work you're doing. I professionally stalk you, Christina, but for those that are tuned in that don't know everything. And I also want to go back to Christina has definitely got some millennial vibe and swag now because she posts. she I need to get my posting game up because she keeps me and so many others that follow her informed of what's going on. But I love it because these things that you share have not always been shared like this. Things that have to do with diversity and inclusion and in Fort Worth have not been shared at this level before ever. And I, it's exciting for me. And sometimes when we talk about this, it's, people like to focus on what hasn't happened. And I think it's so important to say, well, this is where we are now. Like, this is exciting yeah. that there's now a vocal amplifier yeah. and microphone behind us is so thrilling. So tell us a little about, and I'm going to, I'm looking at my notes, so I don't butcher CDFI <laughs> Friendly Fort Worth, but the yes. big news that you recently announced with the mayor and, and just give us kind of a cliff notes for those that don't know all that's happening with diversity inclusion in Fort Worth.
1: Yeah. So we just had the, the official kickoff this morning um, to introduce, uh, formally introduce CDFI Friendly Fort Worth to the community. And Really what it is, is um, it's an opportunity to have, to, we used about $3 million of uh, ARPA funding or American Rescue Plan Act funding that all the cities got um, because of uh, the pandemic. We used about $3 million of that to set up a community-led, community-driven pot of money that is going to be um, self-sustaining. So, um one of the major issues in communities of color um uh, just across the the country has always been access to capital whether you're a business owner or you're looking for affordable housing or dealing with homelessness or uh early childhood daycare uh centers everybody is always looking for um uh, capital finance whether you're you know starting a business maintaining one growing a business Um, You need money. And it's been great. You know, the last couple of years we've had these, you know, PPP loans with these one time infusion of cash. But then once that pot of money is gone, it's gone. And we know that our uh, communities need um, support, uh, sustained financial support that can deal with all the issues that uh, pop up in our communities where people that... um, have a, a a good paying job, or they have a job; they're consistently working, but you know maybe they don't have the four hundred dollars to save because they're literally living paycheck to paycheck, um, or they're you know a business owner, and in the economic downturn d- during COVID, um, they were struggling to make capital investments, buy new equipment, um, you know, hire more staff if they went virtual and they did deliveries, they got to hire people, where's the money coming from? And if they don't have a relationship with the traditional banker, um, chances are they either went out of business um, or they had to scale back. And that impedes their ability to leave a legacy to the next generation, right? And so this is an opportunity for us Um, to partner with CDFIs or community development financial institutions, which really work in the space outside of traditional banks. So we know that if you walk into a bank, they have very strict regulatory guidelines. If you don't meet those, sorry, there's nothing they can do. But with CDFIs, that's where they work. When you tell them that a bank can't do the loan, but you have, you've been on your job uh, for you know, however long and there's a cash flow in your business or you know that you have steady income, that's where a CDFI can come in and be like, okay, we, w- we know that you uh, are a good risk, right? CDFIs for the last 30 or 40 years all across the country have been dispelling this myth that it's risky to lend in communities of color. And they have proven that, you know what, if you invest in low income communities of color, they pay their loans back at the same rate or higher than other communities. And um, so you can get your money back with interest, working in low income or just communities of color in general. And so bringing that here to Fort Worth, um, in, in, in my estimation, is huge because we, you know, when you look at the, the national landscape, Fort Worth is lending about $39 per person, where on the national average for CDFI lending, on the national average, it's $235 per person. So that's a huge gap, Right. That's missing. And so bringing them here, um, we have a connection to all 1,250 CDFIs from across the country. We're bringing them digitally into the Fort Worth market, and we're saying we have lots of amazing entrepreneurs, um, businesses, development opportunities that need that type of patient, flexible financing um, that may fall outside of traditional financing, but that's this is where CDFIs can work and they can make deals happen. And then the upside for the bank is that if the bank can't come in and do the loan directly, if they lend or work directly with the CDFI that does lend, they can meet the CRA requirement or the Community Reinvestment Act requirement that all banks... <laughs> with, uh, you know, uh, specific uh, deposits have to comply with, right? They have to lend or provide um, money uh, to low to moderate income areas in geographic locations. So this is a win-win. We help the banks meet their CRA requirement. We put money in the hands of communities of color so that they can open businesses, grow their businesses, and, um, buy homes for the first time, uh, uh, um, make sure that uh, quality childcare is in their neighborhood, like all of these things are possible now with this CDFI-Friendly Fort Worth. So over the next couple of uh, months, uh, up until July, we're going to be trying to identify people to be part of the steering committee um, uh, to help plan what this will look like, because like I said, it's community-led community driven. It's not going to be a city uh, um, program. It's not going to be in a city department. This is going to be out in the community. We're standing it up and handing this baby over to um, the real mother, which is the community. And they're going to decide what the priorities are. They're going to figure out where they want this financing to go um, so that they can start to measure progress and hold, uh, be accountable and measure outcomes and impact. It's great that we're having this, you know, we can say this, talk about this story, but um the end of the day, we want to see things change and we want to see impact. And that's what um this program uh is is uh intended to do.
0: I mean, it's it's thrilling, exciting and something we just haven't seen. I, I mean, it's just really, really exciting. I'm marinating on it. I, I know I'm gonna have tons of questions later about it. But for those listening in, we will definitely include, we'll make sure we get from Christina. Any information, if you're curious about this, if you're in Fort Worth, and you didn't know what was happening we want to make sure you're plugged in if you're tuned in from around the state and you want to keep your eyes on what's going on in fort worth because as christina and i said i think before we got on fort worth it's popping y'all so we <laughs> won't pop we won't put all <laughs> this information in the show notes because that's we want you to stay informed we want to stay connected even if you're not in fort worth this is important and huge for the state so i'm excited about that what's next um for, for the work that you're doing, your team, Christina, and how can we all stay plugged in with what's happening with, with everything you're doing?
1: Yeah, well, with the CDFI Friendly Fort Worth, like I said, over the next couple of months, we're gonna be continuing the conversations with organizations and individual and banks and other CDFIs, um, understanding kind of what the needs are in the community. Um, but we're gonna be looking for leaders uh, to head up CDFI friendly Fort Worth. Um, So we're starting with the steering committee and then out of that steering committee, um, they will help develop a a process to identify an executive board. And then that executive board will identify an executive director for this program. And so uh, in that uh, area, that's one of the ways that um, uh, people in the community can can get involved in the work that um, our department is doing. Um, We're always uh, looking for um, business owners uh, that have never worked with the city of Fort Worth before. Um, We want to show you that things have changed (laughs) in in Fort Worth and um, we're doing our best. We're definitely not perfect and we still have a lot of work to do, but we are being intentional about identifying uh, uh, challenges quickly and um, making sure that we're correcting those. So anybody that's uh, hasn't done business with the city, um, please reach out and contact our Business Equity Division in our department, um, so we can get you started um, in understanding how uh, the process works, how to get you registered, and then um, access to all of the uh, procurement and contracting opportunities throughout the city. And then um, we're always we continue to host. Um, Opportunities to learn about uh, in our uh, civil rights enforcement division, fair housing and fair employment issues. So we are um, a a FAP agency, a fair housing um, agency that, that basically represents HUD, the federal um, uh, um, department. And so you can file discrimination claims uh, with our department and we provide training and educational programs To make sure that people understand what their rights are when it comes to fair housing and fair employment and public accommodations and ADA. Um, So there are lots of ways that um, people can get involved uh, certainly over the next couple of months.
0: I mean so much exciting stuff and so we're thrilled to even just have the information to know because I think the more you know the more you can kind of get plugged in. So we definitely will help spread the word with our community um, Christina, so thrilled to have you on. I am excited about the possibilities and opportunities that lie for fellow female founders like myself uh, mm-hmm. in Fort Worth. We always like to end the show um, with women always and with, <laughs> uh, the women that inspire us. Um, and we we refer to it as our Texas spirit animal, but it's a woman that she mm-hmm. gives you life. She represents something or makes you feel a certain type of way. And this could be someone uh, famous. We, of course, have gotten Ann Richards, Beyonce, S- Salon, <laughs> Selena. We've got all those, but we've also got yeah. moms, sisters, teachers, clients. So yeah. i love for you to end this week's Built in Texas with the Texas woman or women that have inspired mm-hmm.
1: you. Yeah, I have. a. I probably could name off about 10. But I think, um, you know, if I d- didn't mention my mom, then the next person on the list would be Barbara Jordan. I grew up with my older brothers and sisters and my mom talking about Barbara Jordan because she was a barrier breaker in her time. Like you didn't see strong women um, in the in the nineteen well, I'm gonna say that you didn't see them. Um, it wasn't commonplace at the time to see. Uh, a woman with um, a sense of her own agency in public spaces um, fearless and you couldn't like you weren't going to get anything by. like she knew her stuff right and seeing uh, seeing her and hearing my mom and my older brothers and sisters talk about her was such a, a reverence and knowing that she's she was a Texas woman,
0: yes. right? Yes,
1: she's a Texas woman, and 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 seeing uh, Barbara Jordan really shape what people thought when they said a Texas woman, she comes to mind, and the fact that she looks like me, I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mic drop, mic drop. <laughs> she she
1: looks like like yeah. okay. Yeah. She she told me by her presence that I could do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's Barbara a, Jordan. That's the first time she's been shared on the show. I really. Think. Yes. I'm surprised. Yes. Yes. I think and I think um exactly what you said, that she makes you feel like things are possible and that you can too. But also just that bold fearlessness too. I've said this to to people that whether you've been here for a day or 20 years like you're a Texas woman because we claim you the minute you get here. But there is just, a, there's a sassiness, whatever you wanna call it, a boldness that, that, that most of the women here have. So um, I think Barbara Jordan is a fantastic woman to leave us on. And I, I think you might have also named this episode too, Christina, it's not it's not magic, it's brilliant. I think that's, that's gonna be the, It almost feels like a mantra for 2022. I am obsessed with that. The new
1: hashtag. That's right. I love
0: it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Built in Texas. Thank you all for tuning in to Built in Texas this week. We we are thrilled that you join us every week, and we can't wait to see you next week as well. Thanks so much, Christina. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye.